0: Hey there everyone, this is Greg shoots here for ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready For The Draft podcast. Episode 10 of the 2018 NFL Draft podcast series and the third and final post-draft edition. I'm going to be breaking down the remaining teams. You know, I got ahead of myself on uh, episode 9. I said that we had gone through 10 teams. Had a lot of information to cover. Turned out that we only made it through nine. So we've got 13 teams that we'll be covering today. Um, we'll actually start with the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, working alphabetically, we'll work all the way down to the Washington Redskins before the end of the podcast. We're also going to go ahead and take a look at some of the undrafted free agents. Some of my favorites. Some of the ones that I was really surprised um, were on the board at the end of, uh, of day three. And uh, some of the guys that I think might be able to stick at the next level. Uh, but first, before we jump into the pick-by-pick analysis, I wanted to do a little 2018 NFL draft by the numbers. You know, as a a you know a, a student of of uh, you know the, the draft, studying the draft, you know, taking a look at trends, numbers. You know, really you know as a numbers guy, having a lot of fun taking a look at um, what the trends look like. So little. You know, 2018 NFL draft by the numbers. If we take a look at the quarterback position, 13 quarterbacks total drafted in uh, 2018. Uh, five quarterbacks obviously drafted in round one for the first time since 1999. You know that 1999 draft. You know Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Akili Smith, Dante Eller Pepper, uh, K. McNown. Um, so, you know, varying degrees of success there at the quarterback position. Um, you know, we had six in the first two days. Um, you know, that's the same total that we've had in the last three years. And then, you know, we had three quarterbacks taken in round seven. That's the most since 2013. You know, we saw Danny Etling to the Patriots, Alec Magoo from, uh, Florida International to Seattle and, uh, Logan Woodside, the Toledo rocket went to the the Bengals to back up Andy Dalton. You know, the running back position. And we had three first round running backs, uh, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Sonny Michelle. That's the most since 2012 when we saw uh, Trent Richardson, Doug Martin, and Dave, David Wilson all come off the board in round one. We had 21 running backs taken a year after we saw 30 running backs taken, uh, which is the most since 1998. Uh, that was the draft uh, with with Curtis Enos, Fred Taylor, Robert Edwards. Um, you know, this actually had the the fewest number of of running backs taken since 2012. So 21 running backs taken. You know, the fewest since 2012. Uh, just a year after we had 30 selected, which was the most since 1998. Uh, you know, since 2010, this was the fifth time that we had eight running backs taken in the first two days. And, you know, this was a draft that was really loaded with versatile backs. You know, a lot of backs that can catch the ball out of the football. From Saquon Barkley at number two to Justin Jackson, you know, with uh, the uh, 251st pick in the seventh round. Wide receivers. So we had 33 wide receivers taken, which was the most that we've had since 35 were taken in 2015. Only two first-round wide receivers, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, fewest since Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant were taken in 2010. Since 2008, this was only the second time to have 10 or fewer receivers taken in the first three rounds. Um, you know, but we did have six wide receivers taken uh, in, in the second round and in round number seven. So in terms of where you're looking at with the value, um, you know, we did have six wide receivers come off the board in round two. Now to give you an idea, the 2014 draft, you know, which every wide, wide, wide receiver class will be compared, um, you know, 2014 was the year that produced the likes of uh, OBJ, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Marquise Lee, Jordan Matthews, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Allen Robinson, um, Jarvis Landry, and then of course you know those were just on the you know the first three the first three rounds. Uh, then you had Bruce Bruce Ellington, John Brown, Martavis Bryant, Ryan Grant, Quincy Anunua, I think you get the picture. You know there are five first-round picks, seven second-rounders, and then five apiece in the fourth, sixth, and seventh rounds. So in terms of you know how this this receiving class uh, stacks up, that just kind of gives you an idea. Um, you know where where um, you know I, I think that's the standard that uh, teams will really be or draft classes will really be held to at the receiver position. Now the value, you know, last year the value was was in, in round three. We saw eight wide receivers taken in that round. Now, I said that we had uh, six wide receivers come off the board in uh, the second round. This year, uh, You know we had uh, the sixth round. You know we had eight wide receivers taken in the sixth, which is the most in that round since we had seven in 2003. Tight end position, you know, one year after we had three tight ends in the first round, we just had Hayden Hurst come off the board in round one. However, two straight years with at least one tight end in the first round, which was the first time since 2013-2014. 15 tight ends total drafted, most since we had 19 in 2015. Um, you know, we did lack depth at the top. You know, we only had five, uh, you know, five tight ends that were taken in, in the first three rounds. Um Let's see. Offensive tackles. So Mike McGlinchey uh, came off the board at number nine, which prevented us from having you know, no top ten offensive tackles in back-to-back seasons since 1981-82. Because a season ago, we, we, we did not have any uh, offensive tackles taken in, in the top ten. And uh, you know this was a draft where, really, as as it was shaking up, you know, and everyone was putting their mock drafts together, it it didn't really look promising for the offensive tackle position to have uh, someone there in uh, in the top ten. So that would have been the first time since 1981-82. But San Francisco taking Mike McGlinchey at number nine prevented us from seeing that. 15 offensive tackles, the most since 19 in 2014. Um. You know, the, that was a draft with, with Jake Matthews, Taylor LeJuan, uh Jawan James, Morgan Moses, Cameron Fleming, uh, Chantrell Henderson. And then we also have, from that same draft class, some, some tackles playing other positions. Uh, Zach Martin, uh, Jack Mewhort, uh, Justin Britt, and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Uh, since 2008, this was just the third time that we had as few as two tackles in round one. You know, it's a premium position. You know the past two seasons um, and 2012, when uh, Matt Khalil and Riley Reif, or Reef, I'm sorry, were, were off the board in round one. Interior linemen, you know, we had 10 true offensive guards. Uh, that was fewest since uh, nine in 2009. Uh, since 2010, this was the sixth year with at least two guards taken in round one. We had 10 centers taken in the draft, most since 2005. Uh, you know, two centers were also taken in the first round, the most since 2009, when we had Alex Mack and Eric Wood taken off the board. And then you're looking at Frank Ragnow, you know, at number 20 to the lions, Billy Price, 21 to the Bengals. This was the first time that we saw centers go back to back in round one since 1950, you know, uh, Clayton Tonemaker, uh, and Joe Watson went number four, number five overall to the Packers and the lions respectively. So just a little piece of, of history there for you. Uh, the, the you know If we transition to the defensive side of the football, the defensive ends, we had 22 defensive ends taken, the most since uh, 24 in 2014. Only two were taken in round one, Bradley Chubb and, and Marcus Davenport. That was the fewest since 2015 when we saw Leonard Williams and Shane Ray um, taken in the first round. Uh, we had nine in the first two days, which again was the fewest since 2014, which had the same number, nine. Um, the depth at the position was really in the third and fourth rounds. You know, we have five defensive ends picked in each of those rounds. You know, ten picks uh, was the most ever in any draft in the third and fourth rounds. Um, also, the most in the first four rounds since you know we had ten in the, in the top top two rounds in uh, in, in two thousand seven. So you know th- those ten picks in the third and fourth, you know really the, the most that you had seen um, in any of the four rounds since we saw the, you know, the, the top two rounds in 2007 when we had 10. Defensive tackles, we had 24 defensive tackles taken. That was the most since we saw 24 go off the board in 2001. You know, after three in round one, we saw just two in round two, but then there were another six in round three and another five in round five to round out the defensive tackle position. 37 linebackers taken, the most since uh, 2010 when we saw 39 come off the board. Just 12 in the first three rounds. That means depth was at the end of the draft uh, with 16 linebackers taken in the 6th and 7th rounds. That was the most since we had 17 in 2011. Now, Darius Leonard out of South Carolina State, the first FCS linebacker taken in the first two rounds. Since Justin Durant out of Hampton was taken 48th overall by the Jags. In the 2007 draft. And then to the defensive back position. Both the cornerbacks and the safeties. So a total of 46 DBs taken. um, Tied with uh, 2015 for the fewest um, since 45 um, in 2008. Um, We had 6 DBs taken in the first round. That was the fewest since there were only 5 in 2015. Uh, 19 in the first 3 rounds. The fewest since we had 18 in 2015. Um, you know, but, you know, a lot of the depth was really in the, in the mid to later rounds, you know, uh, eight and round four, eight and round five and eight and round six. So really, you know, you had 24 that were right there in those middle rounds. So I mentioned that 2015 class that, uh, you know, this draft class could very well be compared to because the numbers match, uh, in a lot of ways. You had Trey Waynes, Kevin Johnson, Marcus Peters, Byron Jones, Demarius Randall, uh, Landon Collins, Jalen Collins, Ronald Darby, and then Adrian Amos was taken in the fifth round. So, you know, a lot of of depth there at the the position, even though we had, um, you know, a a small number of players taken, um, you know, in the first three rounds in 2015. So I know teams are hoping that, uh, you know, history will repeat itself. And then the specialists, you know, we only had two kickers taken off the board, but what was really interesting was we had four punters go in the draft. That's the most since 1999 and Michael Dixon taken with the 12th pick in the fifth round by the Seahawks was the highest drafted punter since Brian Anger was taken in the third round by the Jags. So those are the numbers for the 2018 uh, NFL draft. Now we're going to go ahead and transition to the picks, and we'll take a look at pick by pick uh, how each of these uh, these teams fared. And the first is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know, at number thirty overall, they took Mike Hughes out of Central Florida. You know, the the Vikings needed you know a, a third corner. You know, they've got uh, you know Trey Waynes and. Um, uh, uh, Xavier Rhodes there at the cornerback position and uh you know I don't think they're sold on Mackenzie Alexander um you know as, as the third corner you know you do have Terrence Newman there as well uh Terrence Newman getting a little long in the tooth so you know he's not going to be around there for um, an extended period of time you know Mike Hughes you know he started his his uh his collegiate career at North Carolina went to UCF and uh you know, he finished the 2017 season, 49 tackles, four interceptions, one was returned for touchdown, and 11 pass breakups. You know, I think with him, you know, he does a does a good job. You know, pinning pinning the receiver to the sideline. You know, he he understands. You know, the routes really well. Can get over the top of the routes. Um, you know, he, he's aggressive and and makes plays. He's also very very versatile. Can make plays in the in the return game as well. Um, I think that's a nice pick. I think he's somebody who could definitely play in the slot for for the Vikings. Um, in the second round, they took Brian O'Neill out of Pittsburgh. The former tight end, you know, was uh, you know, just put his athleticism on display at the combine. Um, you know, just an explosive 48240 with a one 10-yard split, 6'7", 297 pounds. When you look at the offensive line, you know, they've got Riley Reef at left tackle. You know, and you're looking at Mike Remmers, are they going to move him inside? Is he going to play outside? Really, the question is going to be, is Brian O'Neill going to be able to play that right tackle position? If he is, and you can move Mike Remmers inside, Tom Compton can, can play the other guard position. You've really solidified that offensive line. Uh, but the question is really going to be for, for uh, O'Neill. he needs to get stronger. You know, I, he's, he's very athletic and he moves well, but uh, he can get overpowered at the point of attack. You know, in the fourth round, you know second pick of the fourth round, uh, the Vikings went with Jalen Holmes out of uh, Ohio State. Definitely looks the part 6'5", 270 pounds. Uh, but you know really the issue that I had with him was, you know, the lack of overall production. You know he has the upside because of his physical skills, but only 14 tackles for loss in his four year career with the Buckeyes, just five sacks. You know you're expecting him you know if he's really going to even be a fourth round pick I think that's really more off of the potential with the physical skills than anything else but the production didn't match the the, the physical skills and the physical traits so that's really something that the Vikings are gonna to have to work on you know he has the potential to be a better pro than a college player but you know right now you know the, I think that's really going to be something can they get him motivated can they really get the most out of uh, Jalen Holmes? You know who I think may actually be best suited as a as a 3-4 uh defensive end, you know, as a as a five technique. Staying in the fifth round, Tyler Conklin at Central Michigan. Now, you know, the Vikings were looking at at getting another tight end, a pass-catching tight end uh, to team with Kyle Rudolph, and I think they've got it there in in Tyler Conklin. Um, you know, this uh, you know, Conklin, let's see, you know, ran a 4'840, you know, 6 uh, 63 254 pounds, so you know, in terms of the measurables, not the not the most dynamic of uh, of, of tight ends, but he can make plays after the catch. Um, let's see, you know, eighty three uh, receptions in his career uh, for over eleven hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. Um, I think he can definitely serve as a as a second tight end, even line up as an H back. He has the you know that that tweener size to where he can play H back. Um, you know, I, I, think he'd be a good fit there, um, and, and take a little bit of that pressure off of, uh, Kyle Rudolph at the tight end position. Um, you know, the, the kicker, you know, Daniel Carlson taken at the end of, uh, of round five. Um, you know, there's Kai Forbath there at, uh, uh, at the kicker position right now for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, Daniel Carson, you know, he broke the SEC career scoring record in 2017, uh, connected on 92 of his 114 field goal attempts. Um, you know he, he struggled a little bit in 2017, but you know he still has the leg strength to um, to be a, 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 a solid kicker at the next level and I think he'll he'll challenge Forbath for that starting spot. In round six, I thought this was great value to get Colby Gossett out of a- Appalachian State. you know we talked about uh, possibly kicking Mike Remmers in at guard. Um, you know you could also use Brian O'Neill as, as a swing tackle. If uh, you know, Gossett can, uh, can can make that transition and be a, uh, that that left guard that they're looking for, um, you know Gossett definitely a guy who is is physical at the point of attack, and uh, you know I, I think there's a lot of upside there for for Gossett. Um In saying in the sixth round, uh, Ade Aruna out of out of Tulane, six you six know, two hundred seventy pounds, uh, tremendous athlete, but he's very raw. You know he's someone that you're going to have to spend some time with. Uh, 19 tackles for loss, 11 sacks. So, again, another guy whose production didn't match the physical traits. So, you know, there are two guys there on the, the Viking roster that they drafted that they're really going to have to work with to uh, to develop. And then Devontae Downs, um, an inside linebacker out of Cal, he's going to provide some depth there at the inside linebacker position. So we'll move on to the Patriots. Patriots, you know, when you were looking at their, their draft, It was something that you hadn't really seen from a a Bill Belichick team in in quite some time, you know, all the draft picks that they had at the top of the draft. You know, the question was, what were they going to do with all their first and second round picks? Were they going to hold on to them? Were they going to trade them? And, uh, you know, I I thought they, they used that that number 23 pick that they got from the Rams and the Brandon Cooks deal to get Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia. I thought that was a great pick. Um, You know, Wynn, He's he's undersized, you know, and doesn't have the ideal arm length to be a left tackle. But uh, again, I, I've spoken before. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, you know, who's a, a former um, tackle in the league, you know, he, he brought up a good point on Twitter um, that undersized offensive tackles like Joe Thomas. I'm sorry, um, you know the tackles that lack ideal arm length. Joe Thomas, Kelvin Beecham, and uh, Willie Colon all play well, you know at the, you know at, at the highest level, and uh, Isaiah Wynn has the footwork. Um, you know he, you know he's very agile laterally, moves very well. Um, I think he has definite, you know, good balance, you know, the, the technique there, you know, firing out of his stance, good kick slide, very effortless, the hand placement underneath the pad level, plays with excellent leverage, he's a knee bender, um, has pretty good power as well, very good out on the move, which was why a lot of people were projecting him as a guard, because he could get out there and be a puller, um, you know, and he gets the block for. Uh, you know, a, a Georgia running back, you know, Sony Michelle getting to go at the end of round one. I actually had him projected at the top of day two. So I wasn't too far off with, with the projection there for Sony Michelle. Um, you know, he's someone who I, I could see as being this year's Alvin Kamara. You um, know, he's versatile. You know, he, he's um, you know, he, he was the thunder, the, the lightning to Nick Chubb's thunder there for, for the Bulldogs. Excellent vision to see the hole uh, makes a quick cut, puts his foot in the ground then, then gets north and south showing off some you know quick acceleration, gets to full full speed in a hurry um, you know and, and the hands out of the backfield He didn't really use you know they didn't use him out of the backfield a whole lot. Um, but he is someone who has uh, tremendous hands, 511, 214 pounds, ran a four five four at the combine. so it wasn't as you know, the long speed um, isn't quite there but you know he, he does have a, a tremendous burst and has that quick acceleration to get to full speed in a hurry. Uh, round two, this is a, a definite Bill Belichick pick. Uh, Duke Dawson out of Florida, maybe the best slot corner in this draft. Uh, when you look at the cornerback position, they needed to get another corner. They have Jason McCourty. They have Stephon Gilmore. Those are their starters. Duke Dawson is going to be the third starter right there, or the, the third cornerback. You know, you've got Eric Rowe, Cyrus Jones, um, Jonathan Jones, You know, but those are guys that are probably going to be playing on the outside. Um, Duke Dawson, I think that's a perfect fit. Um, for for Bill Belichick, you know they had to then wait till round five to get their next pick, but uh, this was one that I thought was another good Bill Belichick pick in, in Juwan Bentley out um, of Purdue. And the reason why I, I like Bentley is is he's a guy who's, you know, he, he's he's a an interior run defender. He's a guy who's a thumper. He's going to come downhill. He's going to shoot the gaps, and you know he's going to you know really. Um, you know, drop that pad level and just drives through some guys. You know, he, you know, he can struggle at times to get off some blocks, and uh, you know, he he doesn't always, um, you know, he's a little stiff in coverage. But uh, again, you know, they're going to be looking to him to be a a thumper more than anything else. So that's that's uh, why I do like that pick, getting Jawan Bentley there in round number five. Uh, in round six, Christian Sam, six uh, one, two hundred forty four pounds out of Arizona State came out as a junior. You know he's definitely a you know productive uh, tackler. You know he has uh, lateral quickness, good hands uh, to fight off blocks. It um, you know, was a Pac-12 leading tackler as well. You know he's going to provide some depth there at the at the linebacker position. You know I think he's someone who could also uh, contribute on special teams. Um, you know maybe one of the steals of the draft. You know uh, is Braxton Barrios. Um, you know, a six rounder. You know, out of Miami. Um, you know, this was a guy. You know, he has you know a slot receiver written all over him. When you watch him play, you know, it, it reminds me so much of, of Danny Amendola or, or Julian Edelman. So it, it's kind of funny that that's where he ends up is, is in in New England. Um, you know, Perrios, You know, just a guy who's he's gritty. You know, he he's a tough guy. Um, plays hard. Plays through pain. Plays through injury um you know he's just a fun guy to watch um he's only 5'9 184 pounds but again you know that's you know he he fits the mold of a a receiver that um you know tom brady's gonna enjoy throwing the ball uh, throwing the football to danny etling coming off the board in round seven you know tom brady you know he's in his he's he's 41 years of age when is he going to call it quits you know etling you know, has the good, has size, he has good arm strength. You know, he, I think he's someone who's could be a developmental backup, um, for, for Tom Brady. Um, not somebody who's going to be ready to see the field anytime soon. Um, you know, let's see cornerback, uh, Keon Crossan out of uh, Western Carolina, you know, another uh, you know, seventh round pick to provide depth. And then Ryan Izzo, Florida State, um, this is a guy who's you know, he's strong. Um, you know, absolutely, you know, 6'5", 256 pounds, ran a 4'9", 4'40". So he's, he's not the, not, not going to be a speed merchant by any means. Has shorter arms too, just 31 and 38 arms. Um, you know, he's going to be a blocker, can do a little bit in the passing game as well. Um, but he's a guy to me, um, you know, they're going to use him, you know, primarily as the blocker. You already have Gronk, you have Dwayne Allen. Uh, they also have Troy Nicholas as well. And uh, Jacob Hollister. So there's a lot of tight ends on this roster. Uh, Ryan is, is going to have a hard time making it, but he can end up being an H-back or possibly even a fullback. Um, so let's see. We move on to the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, everyone was expecting the Saints to uh, pick at the number 27 slot, but they decided to trade up. And they, they traded away, you know, quite a few picks to land Marcus Davenport with the 14th overall pick. Now Marcus Davenport, you know, 6'6", 264 pounds, uh, explosive edge rusher. Um, and when you look at it, you know, you look at him and his body type. Um, and we ran a four five eight forty 840 as well. Um, you know, excellent length. He, he reminds you a lot of uh, Cameron Jordan, you know, in, in my opinion, and, and Cameron Jordan was a guy that, you know, people were talking about what position was he going to play, where exactly was going to be his best fit at the next level. And I think a lot of people were doing that with, with Marcus Davenport, you know, is he going to be a, you know, a stand-up um, outside linebacker? Is he going to be a guy who's going to put his hand in the dirt? I think, you know, the saints can, can play around with that a little bit, you know, and allow him to showcase his skills, you know, but you know, really, the the most impressive thing about Davenport was, you know, he came into UTSA as a 195 pound, um, you know, pound kid and leaves. Uh, you know, as the all, program's all-time leading uh, all-time leader in, in tackles for loss with 38, 22 sacks, uh, 21 uh, quarterback hurries as well. You know, it's a 2017 uh, Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. Season ago, fifty-five tackles, 17 and a half for loss, eight and a half sacks, eight quarterback hurries, four pass breakups, three fu- force fumbles, and a fumble return for for touchdown. Uh, you know, this is a guy who I, I think is just continuing to get better. Um, you know, he, he's athletic. Um, you know, the biggest thing that they're going to have to work on for him is you know he got caught inside so often with the run play. He wanted to crash down. He wanted to disrupt plays uh, behind the line of scrimmage. And you know, rather than be patient. Uh, a lot of times he get caught inside, and the run plays would bounce to the outside and really just take off. Um, you know, and you'd have to watch his pad level a little bit at times as well, because he get blown off the ball at times. Um, but I think it's a good good spot for him. You know, line him up. Um, you know, next to, to to Cameron Jordan. You know, first team All Pro after uh, 13 sacks a season ago. You know, Alex Okafor is coming off of a, an Achilles injury, so they definitely needed a pass rusher. So they moved up. You know, traded away a lot to get him. But uh, you know, I think that's definitely a a nice pick for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, in the third round, they went with Traquan Smith out of uh, UCF. Now, now Traquan is a guy. He, he's one of those receivers. You know, um, 6'1", 210 pounds. And uh, you know, when you look at at what he did at the at the combine, uh, you know, ran a four five nine. Or I'm sorry, four four nine forty. Um, vertical leap, you know, was 37 and a half. So, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, You really had a breakout 2017, you know, 59 receptions for uh, over 1,100 yards and uh, 13 touchdowns. You know, and, you know, when you're looking at that, the yards per catch average, you know, almost 20 yards per catch. It was 19.8. So you're talking about a vertical threat, a big guy, and, you know, that's something that Drew Brees could use in that, up passing attack, you know, someone opposite Michael Thomas, I think that's going to be a nice pick for uh, for Drew Brees. You know, in the fourth round they went with the tackle, they went with Rick Leonard out of Florida State. Now Rick Leonard, you know, I, I think was, was not one of the uh, top offensive tackle prospects. Uh, you know, he moved from defensive end to right tackle in 2016. He's athletic, you know, but he's more of a developmental guy. He's probably going to be um, you know, graded out as a reserve, but you know, it's one of those things where you look at, they've got Toronto, uh, you know, uh, Armstead at left tackle, Ryan Ramchick at right, at right tackle. What did they do? They took Andrus Pete, who was a, an offensive tackle and they moved him inside to guard. Um, so they like those versatile line, linemen. And, and, you know, with Rick Leonard, you look at him, you look at his size, six, 7, 311 pounds, you know, he could be that swing, uh, swing tackle for them. Uh, in round five, uh, Natrell Jamerson out of Wisconsin, you know i think this could potentially be a be a steal as well you know he has upside at, at the free safety position um you know only 15 starts you know because he he did play receiver and corner for for a time but you know he has excellent range over the top um you know i think he can contribute right away on special teams but he's someone who i think could definitely stick you look at uh, that free safety position you know, Marcus Williams the the rookie uh from a season ago you know there's Kirk Coleman you know, Jamerson's probably going to sit behind the two of them right now and, and really learn a little bit. You know, Williams might be able to kick over to, to strong safety if, if Von Bell ends up leaving. Um, you know, so I think that ultimately is going to give them some good value and some options there at the on the back end. Cameron Moore uh, out of Boston College, coming off the board in the sixth round, 5'11", 202 pounds. You know, he, he's, he's got good feet. Um, you know, I think he has good co- uh, cover skills as well. You know, he, he's probably looking at a, at a nickelback, but uh you know, I, I think he's somebody who can play at the next level and stick. Uh, Boston Scott, you know out of out of uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, another back coming off you know a uh, thousand yard season um, you know for for La Tech. you know he's 5'7", 197 pounds, so he's very undersized, but he has you know good top end speed. Um, you know, he, he's small, but uh, you know, I, I think what the Saints are looking for is could he be the next target Cohen? Um, so that, that's really what you're gonna be looking for, for for Boston Scott. And then in the seventh round, will clap out of LSU. He can play guard, he can play tackle, or I'm sorry, he can play guard, he can play center. Um, you know, six five, three hundred and fourteen pounds. You know, he, he's had had surgeries, you know, um for you know it was a, a sports hernia, had a labrum injury in his hip, a shoulder injury. So you know he really struggled with that uh, quite a bit. Um, you know that a medical history is gonna be a huge concern. That's really what dropped him down. Um, you know he has short arms, uh, you know thirty one and just a quarter inch, um, a one eight eight 10 yard split. So he really struggled at the combine to to make plays there. and uh, you know so he's he's someone that if he can stay healthy, I think they've got a player there at center backing up Max Unger, but, you know, you really have to worry with the medicals. So now the New York Giants. Dave Gettleman, his first draft, and I, I think he knocked it out of the park. You know, first draft with the Giants. You know, you look at Saquon Barkley, you know, a um, you know generational-type prospect. You know, this is a guy over 1,000 yards rushing in each of his three seasons with the Penn State, you know, with, uh, with the Nittany Lions a uh, hundred and two receptions, including uh, you know he was the second leading receiver for them a season ago. you know he he's he has the speed to run by you, has the strength to run run over you, and uh, he has the leaping ability to to jump over you as well. Um, just that versatility. You know, we've seen what what backs can do for, for quarterbacks. I think that's really what Eli Manning was needing. If you want to win right now with Eli, you get a running back. Look at what happened with, with Jared Goff and, and Todd Gurley. Look at what happened before that with uh, Dak Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I think this is going to be a great fit for them, and uh, you know, I'm glad they went there. Um, on day two, You know, another great pick. They got uh, one of my favorite offensive linemen, uh, the UTEP minor, Will Hernandez. You know, Will Hernandez is just fun to watch. You know, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch him play, um, you know, you're you're gonna be in for a treat. You know, he's 6'2, 327 pounds, but uh a five one five forty with a 10 yard split. So you're talking about some good explosiveness, nasty disposition. Um, you know, he's you know he's gonna Rival, you know, or he's going to give Quentin Nelson a run for his money as the as the nastiest uh, O lineman in this draft. Um, just wants to maul you, you know, just just dominate you at the point of attack. He can get a little handsy, hands will get a little bit outside that breastplate a little bit. You know, could get called for holding, but uh, you know, he's someone who is so stout at the point of attack. And if you worried about the, the the drop in competition, all you had to do was watch him, you know, one on one drills in, at the Senior Bowl. You know, he dominated. I think he's someone who's going to be a day one starter at left guard uh, next to Nate Solder. And, uh, you know, that running game just instantly got better. Round three, first pick in round three, Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia. Um, you know, Carter is, you know, he's he's long. You know, he's 6'6", 250 pounds, 34-inch arms. Tremendous athlete, ran a 4'5", 40 at the combine. Um, you know, he's someone, you know, who I think could end up being the starter there as the will has excellent length, um, you know, runs all over, uh, sideline to sideline, um, you know. But you worry about the strength at the point of attack. Can he set the edge? Um, you know, that's going to be one of the big concerns. You know, when you're looking at uh, at Lorenzo Carter, um, you know, he had uh, 20 and a half tackles for loss uh, and 14 sacks uh, in his career, but. You know, one of the things you know, he, he definitely has the the physical skills, but another guy where the production didn't always match exactly uh, what the physical skills were telling you. You'd expect him to dominate a little bit more, and uh, I think he was overshadowed quite a bit by Roquan Smith, who was the playmaker there uh, at Georgia. Uh, the other round three pick, you know, number f- you know the fifth pick in the, in round three was B.J. Hill out of N.C. State. Um, he's a guy who I I think can be a, a contributor. Uh, right away at the next level, um, you know I, I think when you look at um, you know that that line when you've got uh, you know Dalvin Tomlinson there at uh, at defensive tackle and then you have, uh, have Snacks Harrison sitting there right now. Hill's going to be able to provide some some depth there along the interior of that offensive line. Um, you know he, he's definitely stout at the point of attack. Um, gonna shut down the run. Can get after the quarterback a little bit as well, but I think he's gonna be primarily a guy who's gonna be taking up blockers and freeing things up for those those linebackers. You know, they're converting to a three-four. Uh, they got Olivier Vernon. You know, Lorenzo Carter doesn't offer a ton as a pass rusher, so I think that's one of the things that uh, you know I think Gettleman, uh, you know, Dave Gettleman could have gone after a, a pass rusher. I had him actually taking uh, you know Ronquo um in the third round. You know, Oboe actually fell to the fifth with the Rams. But uh you know, that's where I, I thought you know, Oboe might be a good pick for them. Um, but I, I think B J is gonna be a nice pick, um, you know, solidifying that, that line up front. In the fourth round, they went, went after Kyle Loletta out of out of Richmond. You know, 6'3, 222 pounds, intelligent quarterback, set records at, at Richmond. Um, you know, I, I think you know, when you're talking about the Giants, were they going to take a quarterback at the top of the draft? I, I think you know Gettleman did a great job uh, getting a quarterback who could be the the, the QB of the future. Um, you know he's not someone who's going to start right away, but I think he has the intangibles. He has a, a you know an okay arm. It's not the best arm in the world, but I think it's going to work with what the Giants are looking to do. Um, you know, and I think he'll be someone that can stick behind uh, Eli for the next couple of years before he can take over the reins. I think Kyle Laletta will end up the the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. You know, um, he'll probably uh, beat out Davis Webb there. You know, I, I think that's that's probably what you're going to see. Round five, RJ McIntosh out of Miami. Um, you know, RJ. You know, he's he's someone who you know, was kind of an undersized defensive tackle for the, the Hurricanes, and you know, for me, you know, six three, you know, two hundred ninety five pounds. Um, you know, I, I I think he's best as a, as a five technique at uh, at the next level, and I think that's really what you're going to see from him. Um, you really wanted to see more production. Out of him getting after the quarterback, um, but uh, I, I I really want to see what he can do as a as a five technique. I think that's really what his home is going to be, and uh, he'll provide some some depth right away and somebody who can get onto the field early. But I thought Dave, you know Dave Gettleman did a did a tremendous job with the draft, you know, getting his his key needs uh, addressed, you know, at the at, at the quarterback position, the running back position, the outside linebacker position. Um, you know, and so I wanted to see him get a pass rusher. Um, you know, and maybe you know address that offensive line a little bit more, especially with all the weird stuff going on with with Eric Flowers. You know, you could probably use a right tackle there. Um, Brett Jones right now is, is slotted as the center. Um, now that uh, uh, Weston Richburg is in is in San Francisco, they could have used the center as well. But again, you know, I think Dave Gettleman got uh, got some quality players in the draft. You know, and, and really, you know, when it when it came down to that pick, you know, each of those guys, I can see making an impact for that that team early in their career. So we'll go to the other New York team and the Jets. And the Jets sat there at number three. They moved up, and uh, you know, uh, Mike Mcagnin. You know, I, I thought he did a did a great job. Uh, you know, sticking to his, his draft board and taking Sam Darnold as his quarterback of the future. You know, Sam Darnold, 6'3", 221 pounds. You know, well documented. I've talked about it uh, quite a bit on, on my podcast. You know, the turnovers, no question, are, are issues. But I think that the, the you know understanding the the, co- the complex uh, schemes that were thrown his way, I think you can you know learn behind uh, Josh McCown, really coach him up. Uh, the same thing with uh, with the ball security, you know, between you know, uh, you know, all those fumbles. You know, we had 11 fumbles, lost eight of them, and, and I think that's some something that uh, you know. They can teach that at, at the next level. They can really work with him on that. But what you can't teach is you know the improvisational skills outside the pocket, making plays on the run. Uh, you can't teach the, the anticipation, his ability to read defenses, throw wide receivers open into a tight window. I'll keep going back to it over and over again, that Penn State throw where he, he threaded the needle to Deontay Burnett, splitting those safeties. You know that's that's a throw that very few quarterbacks are able to make, and, and so I think that's really the the upside that the Jets are dealing with with Sam Darnold. Um, uh, again, you know he's someone who you know is going to need to probably take a redshirt year, you know at the at the next level, but someone who I think can step in once Josh McCown's you know ultimately leaving the the organization. I think uh, you know Sam Darnold could step in. They also have Teddy Bridgewater there, so even if Josh McCown struggles, he is going to be 38. Um, you know Teddy Bridgewater can come in and kind of be that stop gap. Third round, love the pick. Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hays State. Now, you know he, he's someone who you know played defensive tackle um, you know in, in college uh, and uh, you know the Canadian, you know, playing in Kansas. Um, you know, I, I look at him and I think he's someone who can who can play the the three tech or I'm sorry, the five technique. Um, you know, you look at Leonard Williams, you know, they also have Henry Anderson, um, who I'm a big fan of, um, on the opposite side, you know, the, the Stanford grad. Um, I, I like the two of them, and I think Nathan Shepard would be great in that that rotation. You know, I think he could end up being being a backup and really working his way into the into the rotation. Um, you know, Shepard, 6'5", 315 pounds, and, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about him until the, the, the combine, um, but when I saw him, Saw so him there. I, I had to get my hands on as much uh, game tape as possible. Um, you know, he he showed up. He just looked like a man among boys. You know, he, he's 25 years of age. Um, you know, but you know, he was just a chiseled physique at, at you know at at that size. Um, you know, ran a 5.09.40, 40. Um, and if you look at his stats, you know, 10 sacks. Uh, you know, 27 tackles for loss in his career. And when you look at uh, the production in 2017, uh, 38 tackles. But uh, basically, a third of those went for loss. You know, 12 and a half tackles for loss. Um, someone who I think is is definitely a powerful guy there at, at defensive end, and someone who I think you know could could definitely challenge for, for a starting spot before long. Um, Chris Herndon taking a, a you know tight end out of Miami. Um, I, I like this pick. Um, you know, six 253 pounds. You, know, you look at the tight end position. They've got Jordan Leggett, uh, Clive Walford. You know, I think Chris Herndon has some upside as a receiver. He's athletic, um, you know, someone who I think can block a little bit as well, um, you know, and, and so it'll be interesting to see you know, how he fits into that offense. You know, he's, he's kind of like Clive Wolfer, really, um, when you watch him play. Um, but, you know, I'm anxious to see what, uh, what he's going to be doing there at the tight end position. One of my favorite players, or two of my favorite players came off the board uh, in round six with the Jets, uh, back-to-back picks. Uh, Perry Nickerson out of Tulane, six foot, 180 pounds. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy, you know, by any stretch of the you know of of the imagination. You know, six foot, only 180 pounds. Ran a 4'3", 40. Um, so I, I think in terms of of the athleticism, definitely jumps off the charts for you. You know, 16 interceptions. You know, this this is a guy who has the ball skills. You know, over 20 uh, you know pass breakups as well. Um, he trusts his eyes. You know, he's he's a fluid athlete. And when you're looking at that cornerback position, they've got you know uh, Morris Claiborne and Tremaine uh, Johnson at uh, you know at, as the starters. But he could be that third corner potentially. You know, um, you know I think he's going to challenge uh, Rashard Robinson. Um, you know, as potentially that, that third corner there for the Jets. And then the other guy is uh, you know Fatukasi Folorunso or uh, Foley. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Folorunso uh, Fatukasi or or Foley Kassi um, out of, uh, UConn and, uh, the big man, you know, w- one of the reasons why, you know, I-, I am such a huge fan. He's 6'4 318 pounds. Um, you know, he's very strong at the point of attack, um, you know, bench press, you know, uh, 225 th- 33 times. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I think really jumps off the chart for me, uh, and I'm scrambling to find my notes here, but uh, you know he has some upsides. Not only make plays behind the uh, behind the line of scrimmage in the run game, but he can also offer a little bit as a pass rusher. You know, 14 sacks in his career as well. Um, you know, he's versatile. You know, he can play uh, defensive tackle um, in in a four three. You know, he could possibly be a three technique. He can play over the nose. You could probably even end up being you know in, in a pinch you know a five technique for you. So I think he's going to offer some versatility for the Jets. You, know, you look at that lineup. And, uh, you know, you've got Steve McClendon playing over the nose, but, you know, uh, Foley could end up being a, a backup there. Could also see some time at defensive end. So I think that was a great pick, a good value for the Jets at that point. And then Trenton Cannon, um, you know, running back out of Virginia State. Um, you know, this is one guy I don't know a whole lot about, but uh, and when you look at him, he runs a, you know, a 4'4", uh, 40, 38-and-a-half-inch vertical leap, 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. You're definitely an explosive guy coming out of Division II. Uh, 5'10, 185 pounds. Um, you know he, he's definitely a guy with a good burst, definitely athletic. But when you're looking at that that running back position, you've got Bilal Powell, you've got Isaiah Corwell that came in. Uh, Elijah McGuire is a guy who can catch the football out of the backfield. Thomas Rawls has come over from Seattle. A lot of running backs. Um, you know he's someone who probably end up on the practice squad if he can make the team. Um, but you know there is a lot of depth at that running back position. Oakland Raiders. Now, this is a team. When you look at their needs, I think they they wound up addressing all of their needs. You know, the question's really going to be, uh, did they did they get the right um, the right guy at the right time? You know, when you're looking at their their first round pick, um, you know, 15 overall, they get Colton Miller out of UCLA. I'm hu- I'm really high on Colton Miller. I think higher than a lot of other people. I think he he has a you know an ability to be a left tackle at the next level. I um, he, he's 6'9", nine, uh, 309 pounds. You know, and uh you know, just a, a very easy mover for a guy that size. You know, uh you know, it moves like a tight end. And uh, you know when you look at, at his forty time, you know, a four nine five forty, one six seven split, you know, and you know, one ten uh, yard split. So he's very quick out of his stance, very explosive. Um, I think he can be a day one right tackle. For uh, Oakland as a starter, and has the the athleticism to potentially end up being a, a left tackle as well. It, you know, whenever Donald Penn calls it quits on the left side, um, you know he, he I think he bends pretty well. Um, he's you know like I said, he's an easy mover, so he slides very well. Um, both with this kick slide and then the power move um, to combat any of those inside rush moves um, needs to get stronger. And I think that's really going to be his biggest thing. Is is, is he going to get bowled over? P.J. Hall, Sam Houston State. Now this was a guy I looked at, and you know I, I had to put him up on my board. I actually had him coming off the board in round three to the Raiders, and uh, I said, you know, I got to move this guy up. You know, he has way too much upside. And ultimately, I had him coming off the board. Um, let's see, where did I have him coming off the board? I you know I had him in round. You no, know, maybe I had him in round three. Let's see, but any in any event, this is a guy who was just explosive um, at the division one double a Sam Sam Houston State. Um, you know I had him actually coming at eighty two uh, overall to the Lions. You know, I actually had him coming off the board to Oakland for a while there in round two and then ultimately moved him to to the Lions there. But uh, you know, when you look at the production, eighty six and a half tackles for loss, forty two sacks also show that he can finish, you know, making some plays on the football. With nine forced fumbles, four interceptions, twenty-nine pass breakups, just so active all over the field. You know, nearly three hundred tackles in his career, um, playing at the defensive tackle position. He's six foot, three hundred and ten pounds. Um, you know, to me, I look at him and, you know, he he screams. Um, you know, a, a, a quick three technique. You know, to me, you know, I look at that explosiveness, and he reminds me a lot of of Geno Atkins. Could he be this year's Aaron Donald? You know, just you know, I think they're you know probably getting a little carried away comparing him to, to those two guys. But he's he he is that type of player. He is explosive. You know, he's going to be making a, you know, a huge jump in uh, in terms of um, you know the, the 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 level of play. But I think P.J. Hall is the guy to me that you're going to have to keep an eye on. In round three, Brandon Parker out of North Carolina a uh never gave up a sack in his career. Um, you know, at the, the FCS level, six eight, three hundred five pounds. He's just very stiff, and I think was very inconsistent. You know, he he likes to bury guys, but uh, you know that just that stiffness. You know, to me, you know, says that he's. You know, he played at left left tackle. I think he's going to end up being a right tackle. You know, I think Colton Miller's probably going to end up being your left tackle. Brandon Parker, probably going to end up being a right tackle at the end of this, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, in round three, Arden Key out of LSU. Um, you know, I thought that was great value to pick up Arden Key at that level. Um, you know, he's someone who, one of the best pass rushers in this game, you know, or in this draft class, one of the best pure pass rushers. You know, the, the one thing, you know, was... Uh, he disappears in games, you know, and, and he has some of the, you know, uh, that, that, you know, hot and cold motor, um, you know, very disinterested at times. You know, there was a question, you know, he left the team for, um, you know, for a period. Um, you know, he, he's someone to me, you know, had, had 12 sacks at one point and just never really got back to that level of play. Um you know, just so inconsistent. It reminds me a lot of, of a Mingo out of LSU in, in terms of the inconsistency. Similar size, you know, Arden Key 6'6, 238 pounds. Mingo was actually a sixth pick in the 2013 draft, but he's really yet to make a, an impact, you know, recording just nine sacks in five seasons. You know, Arden Key, you know, could be a great value here. It could give a uh, uh, you know Oakland a pass rusher to go with with Khalil Mack. Um, if they can get him to, to really be interested and make plays um, you know, every, you know, every single down. And I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to be pretty difficult. Fourth round, they get a they get a corner, and uh, you know that, that's something that you know with uh, Sean Smith obviously um, having the legal troubles, they needed to find a cornerback. They get Nick Nelson, um, and, and Nick Nelson is a guy you know he was at Hawaii, had 15 pass breakups, transfers to Wisconsin uh, after sitting out the 2016 season, broke up another 21 passes for the Badgers. Never really finished at all, though, because he didn't have any interceptions. You know, he can get a little handsy a little bit, but uh, I think he's got good technique um, at, at the end of the day. You know, he's someone who tore his meniscus in a pre-draft workout, um, but I think he'll be ready um, at some point during the season. So um, I, I think Nick Nelson has some high, uh, some upside. Fifth round steal potential. Getting uh, Maurice Hurst. You know, When you think about you know that defensive line could potentially have Maurice Hurst and uh, P.J. Hall. Um, the the explosiveness is you know something that you can really get excited about. You know, when I look at at, at uh, Maurice Hurst, I actually had him going 40, 41st overall to the Raiders. You know I I thought that he's easy. he was a guy who has top 25 potential. Um, you know I thought he'd be a great pick there in round two, but all the way down to round five. Obviously, you know, a lot of that is due to that heart condition. You know, Star Tulele L- 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 had the same heart condition. Um, you know, after giving a, being given a clean bill of health, he went 14 overall to the Panthers. Two years earlier, Nick Fairley had the same heart condition. He fell to number 13 overall for the Lions. Unfortunately for him, his playing career was ultimately cut short due to the condition. So I think that scares teams a little bit, you know, but... You know, one of the things that you love about Hurst is just you know his versatility. Um, you know he played multiple positions for the Wolverines. one of the you know fastest uh, first steps in the draft, very explosive, you know low pad level off the ball, gets early penetration into the backfield, could disrupt run plays and also collapse the pocket in the passing game. He's someone to me that I think could end up being a, a steal for the Raiders. Uh, round five, they, they take the the punter out of Florida, um, you know Johnny Townsend. Johnny Townsend, um, you know, they needed a punter. Uh, Marquette King was let go, so uh, Johnny Townsend going to come in, you know, likely as the, uh, the the starter by default for right now. Um, in the sixth round, Azim Victor, um, you know, never really got back to the production that he had. Um, you know, he was someone who I, I thought, you know, really, you know, was developing into a starting linebacker. Um, he got injured against USC in 2016. Never really got back to that 2015 form. Um, just looked, uh, you know, overweight, at, you know, out of shape, you know, got suspended. Um, really put himself in a, in a bad, uh, bad situation. Uh, 6'2", 240 pounds. You know, Azim Victor, somebody that I, you know, I think is a good football player. And uh, if they can get him, you know, he ran a four-seven-two at the combine, so that's not bad. Um, you know, he's someone that I think he, he you know, get him, um, you know, to to really get to that upside. And you know if he if he can really work on things he can end up being a player at the next level, but uh, is he going to be able to get out of his own head? Because so I think that injury really affected him. And then finally in the seventh round, Mar- uh, Marcel Aitman out of uh, Oklahoma State, one of the favorite targets of uh, Mason Rudolph. And when you look at uh, Marcel Aitman and you look at the uh, the Oakland Raiders, you know, the Raiders have Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, and then Martavis Bryant. Um, but you know, I think what Aitman's gonna give them is a weapon in the in the passing game, um, you know in the red zone. You know he, he's a very long receiver with a huge catch radius. Um, I watched a ton of games you know, living in Oklahoma, six, uh, five, two hundred and sixteen pounds. Um, you know, I think he can develop into a, a number two at some point at the next level because he's someone who can really go up and attack those 50-50 balls. He's not going to really run away from you, but uh, definitely a good possession receiver. Um, excellent body control along the sideline as well. Um, so I thought Ra- the Raiders had a, had a pretty good day overall. Um, you know, I- I'm higher on their picks than I think a lot of people are. The defending Super Bowl champs. I guess not defending. the, the reigning Super Bowl champs, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, one of the you know the biggest um, you know gets you know. Hopefully, will be uh, Carson Wentz. You know, in his health, getting him back um, and healthy is going to be priority number one. But in the draft, they looked first to get another weapon for him, and uh, you know, second round they they traded down and uh, took Dallas Goddard, uh, the tight end, out of. Uh, South Dakota state and I actually picked them to take Dallas Goddard in round one. And, uh, you know, so I think it's great value to get him where they did, um, you know, in the beginning of round two, actually, I guess it was really midway through round two, but you know, when you're looking at Dallas Goddard, you're talking about an offensive, uh, you know, offensive weapon, you know, how many times do you actually see a, a college, um, you know, where their biggest receiving threat was their tight end. You know he, he racked up you know uh, over 2,400 yards on 164 receptions, 18 touchdowns in his final two seasons. Uh, led the team in receptions and yardage, second on the team in touchdowns as a senior. You know he set the single season Jackrabbit record with 92 receptions. Um, you know and and you know his 1,293 yards were fifth most in school history as a junior. He lines up all over the field, just a matchup nightmare, way too fast for the linebackers over the middle, overpowers DBs on the outside, exceptional hands. And we didn't see him run a 40 at his pro day or the combine, but uh, some of his measurables, um, you know, I compare him to to Travis Kelsey, ran a 4'6", 140 at the combine, uh, similar vertical leaps. You know, uh, Goddard had a 35-inch vertical leap and uh, you know, a 10-foot, 1-inch uh, broad jump. Pretty close to what uh, you know, Kelsey uh, produced. So I, I think he's a weapon, much in the same mold of uh, Travis Kelsey. And if you pair him up with uh, Zach Ertz, I think you give uh, just another weapon for Carson Wentz to work with. Um, next pick wasn't until round four. So the, you know the Eagles without a, a whole lot of draft picks, they take Avante Maddox out of Pittsburgh. Um, Undersized corner. He's 5'9, 184 pounds. Um, you know, quick quick twitch guy. I think he's someone who can end up being um, you know a nickel um, for the for the Eagles. Um, you know, I, I think he's got some upside. Um, you know, he, he's someone who can stay in your hip pocket, you know, and uh, you know, you look at the cornerbacks there, uh, you know, Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, uh, Rasul Douglas, um, you know, there's there's Sidney Jones. Uh, as well, if he can, you know, uh, show that he's all the way back from his knee injury. But I think Avante Maddox has a spot on this roster, um, you know, as as that that nickel corner um, and someone who could really play well in the slot. Fourth round is Josh Sweat out of Florida uh, Florida State, and this could potentially be a steal. You know, he, he's someone who, when he was on the field, you saw Josh Sweat make a make a, you know, make some splash plays. But he's got, got the knee injury and uh, you know I think that's the medicals were probably a big reason why he fell all the way into the fourth round. But his, in his three seasons, 14 and a half sacks and uh, 29 tackles for loss, uh, 14 quarterback hurries. Um, you know just a, a tremendous athlete, has good strength, um, can definitely get to the quarterback. You know he can set the edge uh, against the run. So I, I really like his versatility. And uh, you know, 6'4", 251 pounds. Ran a four five three forty at the combine. So even if you are worried about the knee, he showed off some athleticism. I think he's a high upside guy and someone who uh, you know I, I think is it's good value in the fourth. If you had taken him any earlier, I would have said it's buyer beware. But great pick there. Um, Matt Pryor out of uh, out of TCU offensive tackle, uh, 6'7", 358 pounds. They like the big guys. You know, they they already have. Um, you know, Halapuli, Vadi, Vitae. Um, they're backing up Jason Peters. Um, you know, just bring in another large, large individual, um, you know, in, in Matt Pryor. You know, and, and I think Pryor has probably going to kick in inside the guard potentially um, because I don't know that he'll be able to have the foot speed to play tackle at the next level. Um, and then taking a flyer on... Uh, on uh, the kid out of out of Australia you know Jordan uh, uh, my you know six eight three hundred forty six pounds um, this kid's just a beast you know if you've gotten a chance to watch any of his tapes where he he's playing rugby. Um, just awesome to watch, you know, just running guys over. It, it, it's really a lot of, a lot of fun. You wonder how he's going to translate to the next level as, a, as an offensive tackle. He's going to be a developmental guy. I almost want to see him line up at fullback and hand him the football and just let him run guys over. Um, but he's someone who's going to need some work. He'll probably be on a practice squad or two for a while. But uh, just that athleticism, why not? Why not take a flyer on him? You know, well done, uh, Philly. Pittsburgh Steelers. They take a safety in round one, you know, number 28 overall, um, like I was expecting them to. Um, but the, the safety that they took was was Terrell Edmonds. You know, I was I had a third round grade on him. I was actually expecting them to take Justin Reed, who actually fell to the to the third round. But uh, look, you know, with uh, with the Steelers, you know, the safety was one of the weaker positions. You know, Mike Mitchell's now gone. They did bring in Morgan Burnett, but you know, is Sean you know the question was with Sean Davis going to be able to to step up and make plays on the on the opposite side um, you know the, the thing with with Terrell Edmonds you know he, he's he's 6 uh, 217 pounds uh, definitely athletic um, you know the w- w- what's interesting is is they could have taken a corner there there's Mike Hughes that was sitting there on the board. Like I said, Justin Hugh Hew- or Justin Reed was another guy that they could have taken at the safety position. Um, really kind of a curious pick a little bit. You know, he, he has elite speed, you know, size-speed combination. Um, you know, really, you know, he has the length much like his his brother, uh, Tremaine. Uh, but, you know, 6'2", six, six two, 220 pounds um, was really what he measured in at the Combine. 4'4", 7'40", half inch vertical leap. Um, you know, if you look at the measurables, I think that's really um, where the, the Steelers were probably looking at, at the upside there. Round two, they take James Washington out of Oklahoma State, the Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, this is a guy who can get deep. He ran a four five four forty 4.40 at the combine. Really, you know, when he, when he was out there, he looked more like a running back than he did a wide receiver. So that was kind of surprising um, when you see him without the pads on. Um, you know, he, he's... Uh, someone who uh, was ultra productive, you know, with 226 receptions, over 4,400 yards, 39 touchdowns. You know, he, he had, went over 1,000 yards in each of the last three seasons. Um, you know, when he won the Blitinkoff Award last year, um, you know, over 1,500 yards receiving, uh, almost 21 yards per catch, 19 – or excuse me, 13 touchdowns, you know, double-digit touchdowns in each of his last three years. Favorite target of, of Mason Rudolph um you know he's someone to me you know who's who's the guy who can still you know get deep but I wanted to see him run more routes can he can he run every route in the route tree and that's one of the things when you look at Oklahoma State where they really um you know where the receivers run in you know um you know uh, a whole lot of different routes in the route tree no um, but he's definitely somebody who can be a vertical threat for Ben Roethlisberger and speaking of Ben uh, you know, he was one who was talking about am I going to to stick around? Am I going to retire? And, and really what was interesting was you know, now that Pittsburgh has brought in his successor, um, you know he's talking about playing another three to five years. He's 36 years of age. He's four years older than anyone else on the roster. So yeah, it does make sense at some point you have to start considering the future. If he ultimately sticks around for another three to five years, then you know, that's just a bonus for the Steelers. but they have Mason Rudolph. Out of Oklahoma State, um, you know I, I think he's known for his his quick decision making, um, at, you know his accuracy, ball placement. Throws a good deep ball down the field. I think he puts the ball you know where it needs to be um, to the outside. The problem is is his ball hangs up. You know he had he doesn't have the best arm strength. His ball will hang up, and that's where it's going to get him into trouble. He'll try to you know put the ball put too much air under the ball as well instead of putting the ball on an open man. Um, but he's definitely an intelligent quarterback. Someone who I think would be a good fit behind Ben Roethlisberger. Round three, Chukwuma Okorafor. Um, you know, Chooks um, out of Western Michigan. Um, you know, offensive tackle. You know, you look at the Steelers; they have uh, Alejandro Villanueva at, at left tackle. There's Marcus Gilbert on the right side, and I think uh, you know Okorafor. You know, really struggled with his foot speed. You know, and I think that's really the biggest thing. He has good length, but the foot speed was lacking, which means you know, I don't see him translating to, to the next level as a, um, as a left tackle, but I could definitely see him um, on the right side. And when you're looking at, at the right tackle, like I said, you know, you've got Marcus Gilbert. He's 30 years of age, um, and uh, he's signed through uh, the 2019 season. I think that might give uh, a core four time to develop and potentially slide in and, and take over that spot. Uh, fifth round, Marcus Allen out of Penn State, um, someone who could play around the box. Um, you know, really another safety. You know, I was expecting to see them take a cornerback there, um, but they get two safeties um, when they already have Morgan Burnett and Sean Davis. You know, you really wonder what does that mean for, for those starting safeties. You know, I know Morgan Burnett did have a, an off-field issue, um, but you know, really kind of a, a curious pick when they could have gone cornerback. Um, the, you know, in round five, they do get Jalen Samuels out of NC State, the do everything guy. He lined up all over the place at tailback, at fullback, at halfback, or I'm sorry, at H-back, at a tight end. He split out. Um, just a really versatile, versatile player. And uh, I think he's someone, you know, I, I want to say I actually had him penciled in to go to the Steelers. Um, if I can get my laptop here to work, let me see exactly where I had. Uh, Samuels going actually I had him going to, to Denver, but I still had him coming off the board in round three. The reason why I had him going off the round, board in round three is just the versatility that he had. You know, he, he was someone who, who carried, you know, um, carried the ball 182 times over 1100 yards, 28 touchdowns, caught 201 passes for 1851 yards and 19 touchdowns. You know, so he, he does a little bit of everything, you know, a tremendous receiver, you know, and you know you can line him up really wherever you want. He's going to give you a lot of different options, and I think he's going to be a fun player for the Steelers. Uh, and then Josh Fraser, uh, seventh round pick out of Alabama, um, a guy who's going to give some more depth up front. You know, we already, uh, you know, you look at that that nose tackle position. You know, you've got Javon Hargrave, uh, Daniel McCullough sitting there, but uh, Josh Fraser is a guy who I think is going to give some de- uh, some quality depth up front uh, at that uh, nose tackle position. Which takes us to the Seattle Seahawks. Now Seattle, you know, they're they're known for marching to the beat of a different drummer because they stick to their own board, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, because they, they've shown that they can get the guy that they want, and uh, it's going to work for them. You know, and they're not going to apologize for that. You know, and they get a guy in Rashad uh, Rashad Penny, who you know was was one of the the best running backs, if not the best running back. Um, Production-wise, um, at the at the collegiate level, you know, as a junior, you know, he had 136 carries behind uh, Donnell Pumphrey and still ran for over 100, um, or excuse me, over a thousand yards. Um, also a beast in the return game, um, you know, and you know, then as a as a senior, uh, over 2,200 yards, 2,248 yards to lead the FBS on the ground, 23 touchdowns. Um, also did a lot as a receiver, 42 total receptions in his career. Um, you know, to me, um, you know, Rashad Penny was just a lot of fun to watch. You know, the explosion. You know, his ability to get to uh, to full speed in a hurry. Just really one of those sudden running backs. You know, who just makes those movements in the hole. Quick jump cuts. You know, 4'4" 4, 6'40 4, at 5'11" and uh, 220 pounds. So he, he definitely has good size. Um, you know, to go with that, uh, that lateral quickness, you know, he's someone, you know, like I said, Mountain West Conference Offensive and Special Teams Player of the Year. Um, you know, he, he had seven career kickoff returns for touchdown, which tied an F- FBS record um, with, with, with Tyler Carrier and or, I'm sorry, Tyron Carrier and, and you know, CJ Spiller. Um, you know who who made it to the uh, made it to the league for for a while. It definitely has a um, you know the, the vision to see the cutback lanes. You know you see him pressing the line of scrimmage. You know, I think he's able to really put his foot in the ground, make those uh, you know those sudden cuts. You know I think he has the the the, the lower body strength to run through through contact. You know, he's going to drag defenders for extra yards. And uh, he, he's someone to me. You know he's going to have to work on his his pass blocking. You know I think you know. The Aztecs didn't run the ball or pass the ball a whole lot. That's something that he's going to need to work on. But you know what, Seattle, you know, more power to you. you know, if that's the guy that you're going to really be be looking at and targeting, someone who could have come off the board uh, before they were able to make their next pick in round three, um, you know, I, I think that's that's something they needed to get a a bell cow. You know, a guy that was going to run, you know, carry the bulk of the uh, of the the load for them. I thought that was a great job. Um, you know, just sticking to their board and taking their guy. Round three, Rasheem Green out of USC. This was a guy who just continued to get better and better each and every year um, that he was on the field. Um, you know, uh, for for the Trojans. You know, just uh, uh 6'5", 275 pounds. I think what I what was so surprising for me watching him at the combine was the fact that uh, you know he, he moves so well. Ran a 4.73 40, you know, at 6'5" uh, and 275 pounds, and uh, you know, it had uh, 10 sacks and 12 and a half tackles for loss. Um, you know, against Ohio State in, in the Cotton Bowl, you know, he he clubs Billy Price. It was a first-round pick. Clubbed him off the ball. Um, show the burst of close up the middle, you know, and drop down, uh, you know, drops uh, J.t. Barrett for a sack. Does a good job converting speed to power, Drive's man into the backfield as well. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy who could definitely offer upside um, at the defensive end position for Seattle. Round four, they stick with a guy in the um, in the Pacific Northwest, will Disley out of Washington. Um, someone who's definitely a, a a solid blocker, and I think that's where he's going to make a name for himself early on. 6'4", 262 pounds, ran a 4'8", 7'40", at the combine, um, but you know has some decent hands. You know in, in the passing game. You know when you look at Seattle with their their tight end position, Nick Vanette, um, Ed Dixon, you know Will Disley is a guy who can come in and probably compete for some playing time early on. And then I think the feel good story. You know when you look at. Uh, Seattle, you know, with the fourth pick in the fifth round. Shaquem Griffin getting united, uh, reunited with his brother uh, Shaquille there in Seattle. You know, he, he's got so much speed off the edge, you know, just that explosion. Um, you know, able to dip and and, uh, and turn the corner. You know, and, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, I, I think you've seen Bruce Irvin um, excel um, there for, for Seattle. You know, Frank Clark's up there right now with Cliff Averill. Um, you know, Dion Jordan's trying to resurrect his career Barquevious Mingo there are a lot of different guys up there that uh, are looking to get after the passer um, I think Shaquem Griffin though is someone I would never count out as someone who can ultimately uh, you know, make some plays for them and get on the field early uh, Trey Flowers um, you know, in the 5th round out of Oklahoma State uh, rangy you know, 6'3", 6'4", 202 pounds you know, he's definitely lean high cut um you know he's very stiff, but he he's you know has good instincts and range to play over the top. You know he's really a deep safety, but uh, you know he takes good angles to the football. Um, you know so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they do with him. You know especially with Earl Thomas and, and Cam Cam Chancellor playing there in the back end of that defense. But I think he has some upside. You know they needed a punter. They brought in Michael Dixon, the top punter in the draft, highest uh, drafted punter since Brian Anger to the Colts in the third round. Um, you know, a few years back, um, you know, another fifth round pick, Jamarco Jones out of Ohio state, you know, uh, Jamarco Jones, 64 299 pounds, not the best athlete. When I look at him, I think he's penciled in right now as a, uh, you know, the backup for, for Dwayne Brown, but I think ultimately his home should probably be on the right side. I just, I, I question whether or not he's going to be able to have the foot speed to, to hold it down there on the outside. Um, You can hear my my silver lab Figaro saying hello. Um, Say hello to everybody, Figaro. She probably will hear in a little bit. Um, You know, in the sixth round, they they take Jacob Martin out of uh, out of Temple outside linebacker. Um, You know, he's someone. You know, when you look at it, eight sacks. You know, eleven tackles for loss. you know, definitely an outside linebacker. Somebody who you know, when I look at at some of the guys that Seattle's taken, that they've gotten good production out of, KJ Wright. You know, um, is someone that comes to mind, and uh, you know, I, I think this could definitely be someone who who could surprise people a little bit. And then Alex Magoo out of out of Florida International, um, 6'3", 212 pounds. You know, he's a good athlete. Um, you know, threw for over nine thousand yards, sixty five touchdowns um, while at Florida International. Um, Going to be a you know a, a project there, uh, but someone who could ultimately develop into a uh, you know a backup quarterback for the Seahawks. San Francisco 49ers. You know I, I thought they had a decent draft. You know you look at uh, at what they did. Um, number nine overall, they took you know Mike McGlinchey, um, the offensive tackle out of uh, out of Notre Dame, and and someone who I, I think. You you watch him play and, uh, you know, definitely a technician. You know, plays, you know, has a, a mean streak to him. Um, I think in the passing game, as a pass protector, um, you know, the, the kick slide, he would tend to overset at times because he was worried about the speed on the outside, so he would, you know, susceptible to some of those inside moves. But still, he only gave up three sacks in his career. Um, you know, I'm sorry, I think it was actually three sacks in, in 2017 but, uh, you know, he, he's someone who I think, um, you know, in the run game is definitely a, a you know, and, and I think that's why he's going to be a right tackle, um, you know, penciled in right away, day one starter, you know, opposite Joe Staley. Um, he's going to be that rogue grader, someone um, who I think is going to be um, you know, opening some holes and be a lead blocker on the outside as well. Um, you know, he just doesn't have that quite that enough foot speed to be that left tackle. Um, someone that you kind of worry about. He kind of got beaten up a little bit on the outside. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's a technician and somebody who I think could um, have a long, successful career on the right side. So the 12th pick of the second round, they go with uh, Dante Pettis out of Washington. I'm really surprised here because there were a lot of receivers that were on the board um, that they could have gone with. You know, and I think it's it's one of those things, you know, again – a team sticking to their board. He was the fourth wide receiver taken, taken ahead of the likes of Christian Kirk, uh, Anthony Miller, James Washington, DJ Chark, Michael Gallup, um, all guys that I actually had graded ahead of him. Um, but I think what Dante Pettis really has and what he brings to the table is the explosiveness, especially in the return game. You know, he's so sudden, um, nine punt returns for touchdown, You know, a playmaker on the outside, Definitely a vertical threat. You know. But the one thing is, is, I look at him, and he does a lot of the same things that Marquise Goodwin does. You know, I was expecting him to kind of go with a, you know, when a, um, someone who um, can play on the outside. I think Dante Pettis, um, probably going to be more of a slot guy, although he does measure in at 6'1 and 186 pounds. Um, you know, I think his, probably his future is really in, inside at the slot. Uh, in the third round, Fred Warner out of BYU. I really like Fred um, you know, as, a, as a linebacker um although he he's one of those guys who's almost a a linebacker safety tweener has a ton of range 6'3" 236 pounds, um just will fly around to the football and make plays i think that's a good value for him in the in the third round and a 4'6" 440 um you know so he's definitely a a good athlete good value pick uh in round 3 Trevarius Moore uh, out of Southern Miss um, i was kind of surprised that he came off the board that early i know that he was uh, really building a lot of uh, um, a lot of interest after he had a four three two forty um you know at, at 6-1. Um you know I think that really turned a lot of heads uh, with him. He wasn't invited to the combine so that was another reason why he was kind of a late riser. Um so he'll be playing playing there in that safety position. You know what what's really gonna happen there is is a huge question because you have Jaquiski Tart, uh, Jimmy Ward there at, at safety right now. Um, you know and then really what's going to happen at corner you know because you have Richard Sherman and Akella Witherspoon will Jimmy Ward have to kick um, you know kick back outside to the cornerback position I'm going to jump ahead to the 5th round real quick uh, you know there's there's DJ Reed out of K State you know he's an undersized guy he's 59 but someone who I think could play in the slot um, you know so I think he's a good fit there um, and then if you look at uh, you know the sixth round, they get a safety, Marcel Harris out of Florida, you know, another safety, they really need to shore up that back end of their defense. Uh, pick up Julian Taylor, a defensive uh, tackle in the seventh round um, to provide some depth there up front. Um, but I think he's someone who you know he struggled to stay healthy, so is he going to be able to even maintain that that roster spot or not? Um, you know Richie James, 510, 185 pound wide receiver. Um, battled injuries in 2017. Um, just you know, he was the guy who just made. You know, he, he can get vertical on you, but he just dropped way too many passes. And he just reminds me. You know, you look at the roster. Another undersized wideout. You know, going to the 49ers. I just don't know if he's going to make the squad. Um, one of my favorite picks though uh, in the fourth round, Contavious Street out of NC State. I love that the 49ers took him, despite the fact that he did tear his ACL. Um, not going to be a guy who's going to make an impact day one. For them, but that's okay. You know, um, you know he, he's a freakish athlete. Ran a four eight seven forty at you know six and two hundred eighty pounds. Um, you know twenty eight uh, reps at, at two twenty five uh, in the bench press. You know someone who can can get off the edge. Um, you know he's going to be a reserve, but um, he, he's someone who I think um, can stick and uh, you know on that roster for a while. Tampa Bay. Man, you know Tampa Bay went with Vita Vea. You know, really a surprise. Um, you know, at uh, you know I was expecting them to go uh, go secondary, either go uh, De- um, I'm sorry uh, Minka Fitzpatrick or uh, or Denzel or um, I'm sorry uh, Derwin James, but they they decided to go defensive tackle. Um, they've already picked up you know Bo Allen um, you know to to man that that nose tackle spot. You know, picked up Jason Pierre-Paul, Vinnie Curry, um, you know, as edge rushers as well. Um, but Vita Vea is a guy who can, you know, he's, he's just a mammoth guy, huge, 6'4", 347 pounds, moves well um, for a, a guy his size, um, was a, a high school running back at one point. But he offers, um, you know, similar traits to Dontari Poe, a guy who can, um, you know, really, you know, Take up blockers and be a space eater against the run, but he has the the quickness to get early penetration and disrupt you know b- plays behind the line of scrimmage, and he he has upside as a, as a pass rusher as well. Uh, you team him with uh, with Gerald McCoy. I really like that pick. They had three second round picks. The first one was used on Ronald Jones out of USC. Uh, Ronald Jones, to me, you know he needed that that 10 pounds to really become an elite back he was just a slasher and a guy that was going to be a, you know, more of a speed guy on the outside. But then he, he added 10 pounds uh, of muscle in the off season, uh, prior to the 2007 17 season. And that allowed him to start making plays, uh, between the tackles, you know, running through tackles. And that really made him a complete back. Um, rushed for, you know, over a thousand yards and 12 touchdowns as a, as a sophomore, uh, bumped it up to, you know, over 1500 yards. Uh, and, uh, you know, 19 touchdowns as a junior. Um, you know, I, I think he's someone they needed a running back um, with uh, Doug Martin moving on, um, and I think Ronald Jones is going to end up being a starter there um, for, for Tampa Bay. Second, second round pick, and really the third one, we can talk about the two of them together, MJ Stewart out of uh, UNC and then Carlton Davis out of Auburn. Um, you know Carlton Davis has excellent length at the cornerback position. Um, someone who is physical can get overly physical and aggressive at times. Um, you know a lot of people don't really, um, don't really like that pick. Don't really like uh, Carlton Davis, but I think he has tremendous upside. Um, you know in three seasons, 29 pass breakups, and uh, you know four interceptions in his career. You know, someone who really struggled you know on the outside making making tackles but uh, again he's someone that uh, I, I really like his length um, you know he's a bigger corner four five three um, uh, 40 at the combine someone who likes to jam guys at the line of scrimmage um, I really like him at, at corner um, you know they need playmakers out there you know Brent Grimes was the only corner to register a, a, an interception as a, a season ago he registered three he's 34 years of age you know Ryan Smith Vernon Hargraves on the outside. You bring in MJ Stewart as well. You know, an MJ Stewart, 5'11, 200 pounds, has some off field issues, but that didn't really deter them too much. Um, he's someone who I think um, could end up being a, you know, a nickel for them, but I think he also offers some upside at safety. And I think that's really where his home is going to be. He ran a 454 um, 4'40", you know, for someone who is, is under six feet. Might be a little on the, on the slower end, but he's definitely one of the stronger stronger uh, defensive backs um, in this draft class, and I think he's someone who I think ultimately will make a home at safety. When you're looking at you know Chris Conti, Keith Tandy as your starters, you know, I think you're definitely going to have to look at uh, potentially finding um, you know some some additional uh, help there at the safety position. Um, towards the end of round three, they go with Alex Capa at Humboldt State you know we played offensive tackle and, and Mike Mayock it was funny on the FN, NFL network talking about him being the bouncer throwing guys out of the club um, you know I look at him I think he's going to play uh left guard opposite Ollie Marpet um you know I, I think he just looks like a you know looks like a guard at the next level and someone who I think has starter capability um fourth round they take Jordan Whitehead out of Pittsburgh um you know he he came out after his junior season could have gone back to his um, to, to Pittsburgh for a senior year. I mean, he has some range deep, but he's an undersized safety. 5'10, 198 pounds. Um, you know, to me, you know, he has a ha- has a high ceiling. Um, you know, but he's someone that I think is gonna have to really work to get uh, get onto the field. Uh, Justin Watson, receiver out of Penn, um, comes off the board in round five. You know, this guy, ultra productive wideout, ran a four-four forty. Um Really, an amazing 10-yard split. Had some amazing catches at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, when you look at Tampa Bay and and the wideout position, um, you know Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, Adam Humphreys um, sitting there. You know, you have Chris Godwin on the roster as well. Justin Watson's a guy that can get right in there and uh, you know and and be a weapon there for uh, Jameis Winston. I think he's a guy who who has a chance to to stick there on the roster. Um, and then. Let's see. Finally, we have Jack Sicchi out of Wisconsin. Um, you know the linebacker who comes downhill, you know, three sack jack, you know, for three sacks on three consecutive plays against USC in the in the holiday Bowl, really where he made a name for himself. Um, but the the ACL injury, you know, it's gonna you know limit him quite a bit. Um, you know so he's coming back from that, you look at the the linebacker position, you know, they already they're pretty solid in terms of you know Kendall Beckwith, Quan Alexander, Levante David. Um, but in terms of that depth, you know, he could be a guy who could fall in and be the fourth or fifth linebacker and, uh, you know, make a, make some plays on special teams. Tennessee Titans. And when you look at the Tennessee Titans and what they did, they only have four picks in the draft. Um, but, uh, you know, their first pick, they go with Rashawn Evans uh, out of Alabama. Uh, why? Well, you know, I, I've been saying that uh, if – Evans was on the board if he got past uh, the Patriots at 23 that uh, the Tennessee Titans were going to take him because they have a hole next to Wesley Woodyard uh, with uh, you know Avery Williamson moving on. Rashawn Evans has the versatility to play against the run. You know, he can rush the passer a little bit was an outside linebacker at one point so he can bend off the edge and uh, you know he can drop into coverage a little bit as well. I think he's a day one starter for them and someone who's going to be uh you know a leader of that defense before long. Really surprised that they were able to land Harold Landry at the top of round two the ninth pick in the second round uh, they needed another pass rusher you know Harold Landry at one point was looked at as a top 10 pick uh coming into the 2017 season that high ankle sprain really really hindered him but you know 16 and a half sacks as a uh as a junior excellent handwork you know you know he, he's you know he he clubs and and chops at the offensive tackles hands and you know you couple that with with the explosion off the ball he really uh times the jumps well uh the, the snap count he's usually the first guy out of the stance believe me i watched uh countless Game film and he's almost always the first guy out of the stance, uh, out of out of his stance. Especially, you know, his four-point sprinter stance coming off the edge, um, just so explosive. You know, and, and he, he bends so well. He's so uh, fluid as an athlete. You know, the flexibility to really dip and get underneath and uh, and rip through and get to the quarterback. I really like that pick, especially when you're looking at uh, you know Derek Morgan, Brian Arakpo on the outside, both of them under contract for just one more season. Um, you know, in round five, uh, Dane Dan uh, Cruikshank out of Arizona. You know, for me, you know, he was just kind of an average, average safety. Didn't really think too much of him. Then he comes out to the combine, runs a 4.4140. Um, you know, vertical leap of 38 and a half inches, bench or bench press, you know, 225, 25 times at 6'1", 206 pounds. I think you know, you kind of take a flyer on him, um, mostly because of the athleticism. You look at safety; they have, you know, Kevin Byard. They have Jonathan Cyprian, but you bring in an athlete like Crookshank. He might even be versatile enough to play a little bit of uh, of cornerback because he has uh, such speed. Um, so he has a chance to, uh, to see the see the field a little bit. And then you've got Luke Falk in the sixth round. You know the the Tom Brady pick at you know number one ninety nine overall. Um, Luke Falk. You know, um, you know he's going to be the third quarterback behind Marcus Mariota and Blaine Gabbert. Um, but I think it's a good fit for him. Uh, the thing with, with Luke Falk is he's one of the more accurate quarterbacks. Um, you know, he had to process a lot of information there in, in Mike Leach's offense. Um, you know, go through his progressions, makes, makes the right call. Um, I think his touch was one of the best in the draft. But uh, it was really his arm strength that, that really limited uh, him a little bit. And that's why he fell all the way to round six. Um, and then finally, the Washington Redskins. So the Redskins, you know, they, they definitely need, needed to shore up their their run their run defense, you know, and, and it was one of those things to where if you look at my draft, and uh, you know, kind of where I was was going with them, I ultimately went with the safety. I thought that you know Derwin James falling to thirteen, um, you know, was was going to be too much for them to pass on, um, but you know, Deron Payne was a guy that I had penciled in there for a while as well. And, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, um, you know, when you finish dead last against the, against the run, you need to really shore up the middle of that defense. And I think Deron Payne, 6'3", 311 pounds, uh, ran a sub 540. Uh, he has the ability to, to uh, you know, stuff the run, but also can, can get after the quarterback as well. Um, in round two, you know, they get get their, their running back in Darius Geis. You know, he fell down the draft boards because of some character concerns, um, but they get a power back. You know, they, they have Samaj P. Ryan, who was their leading rusher with just 600 uh, yards on on the ground. You know, ultimately Rob Kelly took over the starting job, but, uh, you know, Darius Geis is going to be the guy there um, at the running back position uh, before long for the Skins. Um, good value in the third round, getting uh, Jeron Christian out of Louisville. Um, he was a guy I've been talking about. Excellent length at the offensive tackle position. He's a guy who was interesting. You know, he was able to play you know, left tackle and right tackle, um, you know, on the same drive. You know, just a consecutive plays. He can switch switch between the two. Uh, excellent length. Um, you know, 35 inch arms. Um, you know, when you look at at uh, you know the skins, they've got Trent Williams, they've got Morgan Moses, so they've got their starters. And this is a guy who you know, like I said, he's versatile enough. He can be that swing tackle for them. Um, but uh, you know, when you look at Trent Williams, he signed uh through 2021. You are gonna need to you know make some you know get some depth though because he does struggle a little bit with his injuries. Uh, Morgan Moses, you know, um signed through 2023. So this is really more of an insurance policy than anything else. Fourth round, Troy Apke out of uh, Penn State. You know, uh, a guy 6'2, 198 pounds, ran a 43, 4'40". I think those, you know, that's really what uh, kind of jumped off the board for uh, for for Washington and why Apke came off the board as early as he did. You know, I thought I really had him as more of a mid to late third day pick, um, but he's he's solid. He's not spectacular in area, any area outside of the the forty time, but someone who I think could end up um, carving a niche out there for uh, for the Skins at the safety position. Fifth round, they get Tim Settle out of Virginia Tech. They get another guy up front, someone who could be that nose tackle. When you're looking at uh, Deron Payne um, and, and Jonathan Allen, you could potentially put the two of them a, as your three techniques, and uh, and Tim Settle there in in at the I'm sorry at five technique, and uh, and, and Tim Settle at the nose, and uh, you got a pretty formidable front up you know up front. I, I think you know Tim Settle is a guy you know 19 and a half tackles for loss in just two seasons with the Hokies. You know, I really like that pick. Uh, sixth round, Sean Dion Hamilton out of Alabama They provide some depth at the inside linebacker position. They needed to find uh, you know, someone who can make plays at the inside backer. And they've got Mason Foster and, and Zach Brown there inside. Sean Dion Hamilton battling injuries. Can he stay healthy? Is that knee going to hold up? Seventh round, they take Greg Stroman out of Virginia Tech. I really like Greg uh, Greg Stroman. You know, 5'11", 182 pounds. Doesn't have very good length for a cornerback. Um, you know, he's someone who I think will probably end up making some plays in the slot. But what I really like about Greg Strowman are the ball skills you know, 27 uh, pass breakups, nine interceptions, also offers you know a little bit in the return game. Um, but he's just somebody who just sticks to you like glue, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, is, is something to keep an eye on. And then, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, the last pick in the draft, Trey Quinn out of SMU. Um, Trey Quinn, to me, is someone who, you know, that's probably one of the best Mr. Irrelevance you're going to find. You know, 5'11", 203 pounds, ran a 45540, uh 39 and a half inch, uh, or I'm sorry, it was only a 33 and a half inch vertical leap. But he he was a possession receiver more than anything else for SMU. Um, you know, you had, um, you know, the, the big receiver, the big name, Cortland Sutton. But, you know, you had Trey Quinn on the outside, excellent hands, just caught everything that was thrown his way. Um, and uh, you know, 114 catches uh, for 1,236 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, you know, he was a you know, if the name sounds familiar, he was a transfer from LSU. When you look at that wide receiver position, you know, Josh Doxson, uh, Jamison Crowder, you know, Paul Richardson has come in from Seattle, uh, you know, there's Brian Quick. Um, you know, I think Trey Quinn has a chance to to stick, and I think he'd actually be a, a favorite target of Alex Smith. You know, he's someone who has the the hands. When you've got a guy who is, is reliable and you know as as he is, you know, I, I think he's someone that could definitely make an impact there. Um, you know, in, in that passing game, just a little bit. So we've gotten a chance to take a look at. whoops, sorry i uh, gotten a chance to take a look at all of the um, drafted players, went through all the all the picks, and I wanted to go through and take a look at some of the undrafted free agents, some of the guys that you know were really surprises for me. Uh, I, I look at Alan Lazard, um, and, and he's one that I've been talking about for quite a while um, as somebody, to me, who could be another Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, he's 6'5", 227 pounds, but he did run a four five, 4, 40. He's someone who knows how to separate late. And I think that's really one of the big things for me. You know, he, he came to, to Iowa state as a highly touted freshman and he's leaving as the, um, all time leading receiver, you know, over 3,300 3, yards receiving 26 touchdowns, you know, 241 receptions, you know, he was a highlight, you know, uh, Making highlight reel catches, excellent concentration, reliable hands. You know he's going to the Jaguars. Um, you know he's someone who could ultimately possibly even slide in and, and play tight end for them. But uh, he's someone who I'm really pulling for because I think he can make plays at the next level. Um, you know, Holton Hill out of, out of Texas. You know the, the the big corner. You know he you know he fell fell out of the draft um, because of a lot of the off field issues. Um, you know, but he ran a four four nine at the combine, six three, two hundred pounds. Vikings, you know, took a flyer on him. You know, if he can address some of those issues, you know, the off field issues, you know, he may have a shot. Uh, Maryland's J C Jackson did not mention him. Um, you know, he he came in out at, after his junior season, had the off field issues. Um, you know, had some legal troubles. You know, ultimately, um, you know, those charges were dropped. But uh, you know, when you also look at at his production on the field. Nine um, uh, defensive pass interference calls and another five holding calls in just two seasons uh, there with the Terps. I think that's cause for concern. Um, so no surprise that he fell out. Um, you know, but he was a guy that a lot of people were talking about. You know, Desmond Harrison. You know, out of, out of West uh, West Georgia. Um, you know, he was suspended from, from Texas. Um, failed a bunch of drug tests. Ended up moving over to West uh, West Georgia. Um, turned some heads at the Combine, ran a 4940, uh 6'6", 292 pounds, going to the Browns. Um, he's someone, you know, if you can stay out of trouble, he's somebody that I could see make, uh, making the roster. Um, Kevin Tolliver, you know, has good size at the cornerback position. Um, you know, another guy with some character concerns. You know, you see a lot of the same theme here um, with, with a lot of these guys that fell out. Uh, M- Minnesota took a chance on Hercules Mata'afa. You know, a, a guy who was just so productive, you know, 47 tackles for loss, uh, you know, in, uh, you know, a season ago, he had 22 and a half, you know, with 22 and a half sacks. Um, you know, he's kind of a guy without a position, you know, he, he's undersized. So, you know, he's not going to um, really translate as a defensive tackle at the next level. Um, is he an edge rusher? You know, really, where do you, what, what do you do with him? What do you characterize him at? Is he a linebacker? And I think that's probably one of the reasons why he wasn't drafted was, you know, really, what are you going to do with him? You know, what position is he going to play? Um, you know, he ran a four seven six forty, 6'40", uh, but he's 6'1", 254 pounds. Um, to me, he could could be, a, you know, uh, an outside linebacker there for for Minnesota. Maybe they even put his hand in the ground. Someone who on passing downs could even move into the defensive tackle position. Um, Tavares McFadden, you know, big corner, 6'2", 199 pounds. Um you know, could probably be either a third or fourth cornerback, you know very uh, you know press coverage. you know he's someone who who gets beat deep quite a bit. Um, you know, so that's one of the things that you worry about a little bit. You know, he's uh, going to the 49ers, 49ers need guys on the outside. They had success with a big corner and a Witherspoon. So Tavares McFadden, somebody who I think, you know, has a chance to stick there. And then Jeff Holland going to the Broncos. He's someone who I, I think is going to get a chance as a, a situational pass rusher, uh, undersized edge rusher, uh, 6'2, 249 pounds, four seven nine forty. Um, you know, but you know had 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 some injury trouble, a little bit there for for Auburn, um, but uh, and I'm trying to get to his, his numbers, if I can find him, in my numbers. There he is. So you know, I had ten sacks a season ago, uh, thirteen tackles for loss. 22 quarterback hurries, so he's a guy who knows how to get into the backfield. You know, you already have Bradley Chubb there, Von Miller. He's someone who could be a situational pass rush guy. Um, you know, so he's someone for me when I look at it. You know, that uh, you know I think has a chance to stick as well. Um, and then as I just kind of scan through some of the players, you know, some of the names that uh, jump off. Um, let's see. You know, uh, Atlanta Falcons taking uh, Kurt Benkert. They get a get a quarterback with a with a big arm. Um, you know his, he you know he, they need to work on. You know he's someone who I think could stick, but he needs to work on his consistency. It's either all or nothing with him. Um, two good fullbacks, Luke McNitt and uh, and Daniel Marks. there are going to the to, to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, let's see who else do we have? As I'm scrolling through, taking a look at the picks, uh, Matt Boson going to the Bills. Someone who you know is an edge rusher. Um, could show show off some of that versatility um ryan nall going to the bears as a fullback you know someone who has some upside as a running back as well um you know really carry the rock for for oregon state um you know i think he's coming out largely because he had some of those injury concerns um javon Roland jones going to the bengals i think that's a good fit for him um he he's six1 and 246 pounds can get engulfed at the point of attack. Not the quickest guy off the ball. Um but the handwork. You know, he, he was just a, a half sack shy of of uh Terrell Suggs's record. Someone to keep an eye on um as a pass rusher. I look at Jake Campos out of out of um Iowa State, the Dallas uh Dallas Cowboys took him as an offensive tackle. I think he's someone who who has some upside. Um as a tackle, someone who could probably make the roster, you know possibly as a um, you know possibly on the practice squad, but somebody who I think definitely has uh, the ability to play at the next level. They get a power back in Jordan Chun from from Troy. Um, you know they they also pick up Cameron Kelly out of at uh, of San, San Diego State. Uh, kind of a stiff corner, but a guy who can make some plays on the football. They get Joel Lanning the all do everything guy out of Iowa State, you know, played quarterback linebacker. Um, know, played everything, you know, special teams for them, you know, all in the, all in the same game. Um, So he's a guy that you don't want to rule out as as a potential playmaker there. Um, Let's see, as we continue to to scroll through and take a look at some of these, um, you know, undrafted free agents, guy, you know, names that that kind of jump off as I I scroll through these teams, Uh, Houston, Texas take Steve Ishmael. Uh, He was a productive guy for Syracuse, um, big wide receiver, um, you know uh, Sky Moore. You know the Colts are moving to a four-three. He's somebody I look at him and and I see a lot of uh, of of Duke Riley, and uh, so someone who I think might be able to make some plays for them. You know, very athletic. Um let's see Quentin Meeks another another uh, big cornerback um going to Jacksonville 62 205 someone who I, I think can you know play in press coverage can also make breaks on the football you know on passes thrown in front of him you know one guy you know we were talking about quarterbacks 13 quarterbacks were taken one guy who didn't hear his name called was Chase Litton out of uh, out of Marshall you know a guy who probably should have come back could have been a you know a, you know a, a day 2 pick um, didn't hear his name called, but if you look at Casey, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes as, as the starter there, there's Chad Henney, Matt McGloin. Um, I think he's somebody who can come in as a developmental prospect and potentially, uh, make that roster. Um, let's see. Chargers brought in, in quite a few guys. Um, when you look at, uh, at, at their line, um, the Rams, let's see. still scrolling through Mike McCrae out of at a you know Michigan going to the Dolphins. Um, kind of a you know a run guy. you know he, he's stiff in coverage, um, but he's somebody who who plays well, um, you know making plays you know in front of him. Um, so he's a guy that I like you know Jake uh, uh, Winnicky at a South Dakota state um you know a big wide out you're not the fastest guy um you know if you look at his combine performance um you know, ran a, a 467 you know at 64 221 pounds. he's going to be a possession receiver at the next level um you know you, you just worry about that um, that time a little bit rock thomas a running back out of uh, Jacksonville state he's someone that I definitely like um, and, and I think he's somebody who who can stick there for for the, the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be looking for someone um, to to play behind um, behind Dalvin Cook. And I I think you know looking at Rock Thomas, he's someone who you know has has good vision. I think he he has a good burst. You know the the, the suddenness with which he plays is something that. Uh, you know, I, I think could potentially get him um, onto the roster there uh, in, in Minnesota. Um, someone to keep an eye on there. Corey Robertson um, out of Southern Miss. You know, came out a year year early and probably a year too soon, but you know, I thought he played well against some of the bigger competitions. So I think he'll have a shot. Um, Keith Kirkwood. There's a name to to you know really you know look at there for uh, the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, played at Temple. You know, there's already, you know, um, Rob, you know, Robbie Anderson, kind of a similar player there, someone who I think could, uh, could end up making some plays. Um, there's Dimitri Flowers. You know, the Jets get a fullback, um, and, and Dimitri Flowers was versatile. He can run the ball a little bit as a tailback, has excellent hands as a receiver, can be a lead blocker. Um, I think that's a good pick for them. Um, Oakland getting the blocking t- uh, tight end and Marcus Baugh. Um, Josh Adams, a big running back. I was kind of surprised that uh, he wasn't drafted, the kid out of Notre Dame. Um, but, you know, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and that running back by committee, um, you know, LeGarrette Blount's no longer there, but they have Jay Ajayi, uh, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, uh, Corey Clement, uh, Danelle Pumphrey. They're lacking a big guy, a big back, and that's really what Josh Josh Adams could potentially be for them. Um, they get a safety in Jeremy Reeves, you know, a, a you know um who I think has has a chance as well um you know Seattle getting Vianney Talamaival uh at uh, a USC a guard who um, injuries you know he, he missed out on the the 2017 season um but someone who is a a pretty good mover a, a pulling guard and if he can stay healthy um you know has a has a chance uh, Godwin Igwebuike out of nor, uh, Northwestern, you know, five eleven, two hundred fifteen pounds, plays around the line of scrimmage quite a bit. Uh, Three hundred seventy-four tackles in his career uh, for the Wildcats. Um, he's going to Tampa. Tampa needs help at the corner at the safety position, so keep an eye on him. Um, let's see, Nick DeLuca, you know, linebacker out of uh, um, North Dakota State. Uh, going to, to Tennessee again that inside linebacker position, you know, that hole that Avery Williamson uh, left. They only have four picks. Um, so obviously Rashawn Evans is going to be the starter there, but I think Nick DeLuca could offer some good uh good help there uh, as a backup. Um let's see Quinn Blanding going to the Redskins. They needed a you know a physical presence at the safety position. Um, and, and I think Quinn Blanding could offer that. You know, he's he's very much a, a stiff um, and, and straight line guy. Um, someone who um, isn't going to be a cover guy so much, but you know he can play in the box a little bit and could be a deep safety. They also pick up Simi Cobb's. You know, a big wide receiver, 6'4", four uh, and over two hundred twenty pounds. Um, wasn't the fastest guy at the combine, and I think that really hurt him overall. Ran a 4'6", 4'40", um Only eleven reps in the bench press as well. Uh, a, a big receiver. Um, but he's a guy. You know, really, he only you know, only had a 30 inch vertical leap as well. So you know, I think that's why he wasn't a uh, wasn't drafted. But he plays a lot bigger than you know what his stats will, will give you. So you know, that'll give him a physical presence on the outside. So I think he might have a chance. And uh, the last guy that I'm looking at there with with Washington is Elijah Wellman. You know, a potential there at at the fullback position. You know, he played fullback, H back. A um, little bit of tight end, if I recall, for West Virginia. Um, so I think he's somebody that could potentially line up there if uh, Jay Gruden opts to have a fullback in that offensive set. So there you have it. We've covered um, you know everything you know that we wanted to cover here for the 2018 NFL Draft. Wanted to bring it to a close. Uh, was shooting for for an hour, maybe even an hour and a half, but. Uh, at least we kept it under two hours, right? So we were able to cover the NFL draft by the numbers. We were able to cover all 32 teams in the three episodes, uh, pick-by-pick analysis. Got to take a look at our undrafted free agents as well. So I think we're pretty much bringing the 2018 NFL draft to a close. So what does that mean for ready for the readyforthedraft.com and the Ready for the Draft podcast? Well, obviously we're shooting for 2019 now. Um, I'm actually going to make sure that I have a podcast out uh, sometime next week. We'll take a look at some of the top picks to keep an eye out for in 2019. As I've said before, um, we'll do a you know I'll do a monthly podcast leading up to the season. So you're probably looking at one in in June, one in July and one in August. And then we'll do a weekly podcast during the season. Um, and into um, you know after the season as well as we lead into the combine and, and uh, um, the pro days, et cetera um, for the draft. So um, this will be the last podcast for the 2018 season. We'll kick off 2019 here next week. Um, so hopefully everyone has enjoyed that 2018 podcast. I know I've enjoyed putting all of this together um, for you. Um, all the notes that I, that I've put in, uh, you know, I've watched 250 games uh, over the course of the season, so I've got notebooks, uh, uh, you know, of stats and uh, and my notes as I've sat, you know, in front of the TV watching watching game after game after game, um, sometimes two and three at the same time, and uh, you know, it's something that I love. You know, it's a passion of mine. Um, you know, I, I love doing it. You know, I I can't sit in front of a TV and watch a college football game without having a notepad uh, in my hand. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed, you know, kind of seeing a, you know, a, a, an inside view of, of my world, um, and and what I like to do. And uh, so hopefully everyone has enjoyed it. Until next time, everyone, have a great day. This is Greg Schutz, readyforthedraft ready for the, uh, ready for the draft podcast. I am out.